When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A developing story into NFL Live with some major news out of Buffalo. Stephon Diggs was not on the field for the start of mandatory minicamp today. How concerned are you about that? Oh, very concerned. Internally, we're, we're working on some things as an organization, maybe not communicating the right way. When you say, we got a problem, it's even a bigger problem. When it becomes personal, you then have to regain trust. Something is wrong in Buffalo. He's a Buffalo Bill, and um, you know we're, we're going to work it out. Lots more on that Stefan Diggs drama in a little bit as we welcome you into NFL Live on this Friday. I'm Dan Graziano, joined today by Rob Ninkovich and Mike Tannenbaum. We're supposed to have Damian Woody with us, but Mike T, he's got like a power outage in that house that you were on Get Up this morning bragging about having bought for him. So what, what gives? What's going on with Damian? Well, Graz, I'll tell you this. It's not for lack of resources because after we gave him that massive free agent contract when we signed him at the Jets, he was able to buy that mansion in New Jersey, which should be fully equipped with all sorts of backup generators. generators so power yeah. average or not, I'm not sure why he's not here. So we assume that Damien is working frantically to get back online and join us here uh, on NFL <laughs> Live. But in the meantime, we soldier on, and we start in Buffalo, where the Bills today announced that they've extended the contract of head coach Sean McDermott and general manager Brandon Bean through 2027. Well-deserved reward for two men who have completely turned around that Buffalo franchise. When McDermott and Bean got there in 2017, the Bills were stuck in a 17-year playoff drought. But they've made the postseason in five out of the six years under the current leadership, and their four-year streak of 10-win seasons is tied for the longest in franchise history. The only other time they won 10 games four years in a row was when they made it to four straight Super Bowls in the early 90s. So, Mike T, it's really very impressive work here for uh, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott in Buffalo, what they've done. What do you think is the biggest reason they've been able to turn things around there? You know, Graz, obviously, it starts at the quarterback position. He traded up in 2018 and drafted Josh Allen. And candidly, being in the AFC East for many years, be it the Jets or the Dolphins, playing Buffalo, look, they were competitive at points, but they were small and undersized on defense, but more fundamentally, they had no answer at quarterback. And when Josh Allen walked through that door, it gave them instant credibility, and more importantly, it gave them a chance to win every game. Then they also hit on another really big, big uh, trade. Stefan Diggs acquired him in a trade with Minnesota, and then some really smart draft choices. Tredavious White, Tremaine Edwards, Matt Milano was an unbelievable pick. So it starts with the franchise quarterback. You sprinkle in a big trade with Stefan Diggs, you draft the nucleus on the lines, and you have an instant contender. Yeah, I agree with Mike T here on the, on this right now. They, they have a, a contending team because of how they have drafted and bringing in Josh Allen. If, if the Buffalo Bills didn't go and get a, a franchise quarterback, I don't think we're talking about this team like we are. So at this point right now, the way they drafted, the way they brought in talent, where they've been the last few years, now it's how do they manage this offseason? How do they manage having the talent in the locker room and trying to get over the hump of not just making the playoffs now? There's an expectation for this team 
to go deep into the playoffs, potentially into an AFC championship game like they have been really close and into a Super Bowl. So now it's how do they manage these expectations of Super Bowl-bound team versus previously just making it to the playoffs. I think, Nick, don't, I mean, don't you think, like, we, we started the show with the Stephon Diggs stuff from last week, right? I mean, that, all that drama, when you have leadership like this that's steady and stable for a period of years, then that, that, that helps you manage situations like that, right? Yeah, I think so. Inside the locker room, you have, when you have a good foundation of leadership, you could have a leader like Diggs who's having an issue, but you have Sean McDermott, a veteran head coach, who can get down to the bottom of the problems. And then you have Josh Allen, who has a great relationship with that receiver, so they can they can hash it out. Plus, they also have a ton of time. Right now, they're going into this four-week off, off time, vacation time before training camp starts. I don't see any issues right here with Buffalo. They have plenty of time to figure things out, hash them out, sit down, talk about it. And Sean McDermott obviously has a great relationship with his player. So I think this team going into training camp, they're perfectly fine. Yeah, the only thing that remains is some of that January success that you know, they've had in places like Kansas City and Cincinnati. We'll see, obviously, Buffalo still in the mix. We want to keep it in the AFC East, where Mac Jones and the Patriots are trying to bounce back after a rough season. Our guy Kirk Herbstreet is bullish on a Mac Jones rebound this year, as he explained on the Pat McAfee Show. Listen to this. Give me a break on what they were doing offensively last year. I mean, that, that, that he had no chance. He, not only did he not have weapons around him, but what they were doing schematically, he had no chance. So to blame him is a bunch of oh. So you get, you get Billy O'Brien, yes. who is as good of offensive mind as there is, to come in there and work with Mac Jones. I'm telling you right now, you're going to see a drastic change in, in what he's doing as a quarterback and what, uh, and what the Patriots are going to be able to do on that side of the football. You know, they need a drastic change because the Patriots haven't had too many low points in 23 years under Bill Belichick, but last year was one of them. It saw the offense finish 17th in scoring. It's only the second time in 20 years that the Patriots have finished outside the top 10. They also posted their lowest third down conversion and red zone touchdown rates that they've had in any season since Belichick has been uh, the head coach. So, uh, uh, Nico, we'll start with you. Do you agree with Kirk that... Mac Jones is in for a huge rebound based on the change at offensive coordinator to Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely in a place right now that they're putting a great coach in front of him to help him. I guess last year was a, it was a fiasco, it was a debacle. They didn't do anything offensively. You bring in Billy O for a reason, right? You know he's going to have a great offensive mindset, and they're going to utilize exactly what Mac Jones can offer this team. So I think the Patriots and in, in Bill Belichick, they're in a great spot right now. Everyone thinks they're going to finish last in the division. Everyone thinks they're not going to be competitive. Bill Belichick loves this type of moment where he can stand in front of the team and say, listen, nobody is counting us in anything, in any aspect we are not anywhere close to winning any type of division championship. Well, let's go out there and show everybody, all the so-called experts, the, that they have no idea what they're talking about. So for me, I think the Patriots are going to, number one, have a great defense, maybe to possibly a top-five defense. You have a very strong running game in Stevenson. He's going to be a physical runner. And then you have Mac Jones with a new offense, more confidence, trying to manage the game. And just all you, all you have to do is take care of the football, let your defense go out there and, and create turnovers and score on defense, control the game, 
the time of possession with the running game and your quarterback just manages the football game. So for me, I do believe that the Patriots are going to surprise some people this year. Yeah, I see it similar to, to Nico and really different than Kirk from this standpoint. I like Mac Jones, but he didn't play well last year. And the best players I've been with are always when and where. Tell me when to show up, where to show up, and I want to compete. And he didn't play well last year, plain and simple. Could the coaching have been better? Absolutely. But guess what? He should have played better as well. And hopefully he'll learn from that and play better this year. And look, DeAndre Hopkins is out there. If the New England Patriots can sign DeAndre Hopkins with bringing in Bill O'Brien, Mike Gusecki, Juju Smith-Schuster, they could compete to win the AFC East this year because they do have a championship defense, which I think will only get better with Christian Gonzalez, their first-round pick. And if Mac Jones plays closer to the way he did his rookie year with adding a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, I think they're much improved on that side of the ball. And Graz, I think they can compete with Buffalo, New York to win the division. I agree with Mike T on this one. You bring in D-Hop, the guy is a veteran. He understands you know, how to go about his business and being successful. For him to go with the Patriots, I think it would be a great combination. Billio understands where to utilize his talents, and you're not asking him to go out there and be a true number one. You're saying, come on in here, be a leader, help Mac Jones as in the quarterback position, help this team upset a bunch of people in the division, and let's, let's shock everyone else out there who thinks we don't have a chance. So I do think that it'd be a great fit, and also the more firepower that you give Mac Jones, the more confidence you give a young quarterback trying to rebound from a down year last year. Give him some weapons, give him more targets to throw to, and with a guy like D-Hop, you don't have to put it right on him. He's got a great catch radius, and, he'll, and his drop percentage is so low. Just put it in, his, in the vicinity of him, and he's going to go and make a play. Hopkins, of course, visited the Patriots last week after visiting the Tennessee Titans. He has yet to decide uh, which of those teams, if either, he's going to sign with uh, in free agency. So we're just getting started here on NFL Live. The beef has continued between the Chiefs and the Bengals. We'll tell you why this might be the best rivalry in the NFL right now. Plus, Bryce Young's size might be a legitimate concern, but hear why Mike T says the rookie quarterback has a real chance to win the NFC South in year one. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Chiefs entertaining the Cincinnati Bengals for the right to go to Super Bowl 57. Mahomes will fire it late for the end zone. Caught! Marquez Valdez-Scantling! On fourth and six, he flings it deep downfield. Oh. Chase makes the catch! Oh, There's the signal! Touchdown! 17 seconds left in regulation. He's going to get a first down, and now gets hit late! It'll be a 15-yard penalty on top of the gain. The biggest kick of his Chiefs' life. Butker's kick is up, and it is good! The Chiefs are going to end the season in Super Bowl 57. What a game that was, and Chiefs-Bengals is turning into one of the league's juiciest rivalries. Last week, Joe Burrow called Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback in the league. Jamar Chase replied, Pat who? And then, you know, the, the, the Chiefs had their ring ceremony, and Mahomes decided to clap back a little bit. He had his two rings on, two Super Bowl rings, uh, and said, that's who, uh, in a tweet. And then yesterday, tight end Travis Kelsey had his quarterbacks back on his podcast. Listen to this. I thought it was a little bold, you know? So the <laughs> yeah. guy's a two-time league MVP, two-time mm-hmm. Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. To say Pat who is like, I A little don't disrespectful. Know. Who doesn't love some good locker room banter, man? Shout out to Jamar Chase for, you know, holding it down for his QB, but <laughs> don't you ever disrespect Pat Mahomes now. If you want to talk your shit, talk your shit, pimp, just better back it up. <laughs> Yeah, Nick, I keep thinking about the week before that that championship game where somebody in the Bengals locker room said something about Burrowhead Stadium, and that annoyed the Chiefs. And but I mean, look, that, prior to that, Burrow was was undefeated against Mahomes, including the previous year's AFC Championship game. So, have the Bengals earned the right to talk trash? Uh, listen, in the game of football, there's always going to be trash talk. No matter no matter what you do, there's going to be the good old fashion trash talk but at some point you have to realize the person that you're trashing or the place that you're going to they have championships and they have rings so the ultimate uh i guess trump card would be to to have a couple super bowl rings and and just kind of ends the whole trash talk debate when you win a super bowl so for the bengals i think at this point right now they should probably probably settle down on the trash talk and just try to make sure that when they do see this team again, they get the better of them. But at this point right now, with Kansas City having their ring ceremony, uh, there's not much you can say. <laughs> no, this is the beginning of a good rivalry. These are two teams that have gone to back-to-back championship games against each other. And Mike Greenberg said something similar this morning. It feels a little bit like the early beginnings of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning from a couple decades ago. These are two great young quarterbacks that hopefully for all of us will enjoy going head-to-head for a long time here. I only see them both getting better, and that's provided that Jamar Chase remains a Bengal with Joe Burrow, and they can keep as much of that nucleus together in Kansas City, which, by the way, is remarkable that Patrick Mahomes won a title without Tyreek Hill, but this is uh, great for the game, and these are two bright young stars. Yeah, Mike T., when you, when you look at these two rosters and how they are set up, 
over the next couple of years. Which of these two teams do you think is in a better position to, to sort of keep their run going? Roz, it's not even close. The Kansas City Chiefs, they're a year ahead of schedule. Going back to the Tyreek Hill trade, they moved on from him and started to shift some of those resources to defense. And remarkably, they had over 2,900 snaps on defense, as this graphic shows. And only the two worst teams in the league had more rookies play on defense. And if you think about it, they're going to be a lot better on that side of the ball. So could you imagine the same Patrick Mahomes with an improved defense and they just won the Super Bowl? I think the Chiefs actually could be much better this year. And it just shows you how great they were a year ago with that foundation and how young they were, especially on defense. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Mike on this one as well. When you're a young player and you have that valuable playoff experience, you're just going to get better. So for the Kansas City to have young players have that experience, play at a high level, and then have to go into the playoffs, when you get back into those moments, it's not that big of a deal. We've been here. We've done this. Let's go out here, and now let's build something. Let's continue a dynasty. So when I look at Kansas City with those young players, they're just going to be even more confident, and they're going to continue to learn in their second, third, fourth year. As you develop, you just get more confident. With more confidence comes better play. Yeah, and no, and look, we were talking about Buffalo, even more so in Kansas City. The quality and the continuity of the of the people in the leadership positions, you know, head coach, front office, Kansas City's got it all. Uh, bad news for the rest of the AFC. They're not going anywhere. Time now for some quick reads. Biggest threats standing in the way of a Chiefs-Bengals AFC Championship rematch. Nick, who do you got? I mean, for me to say this, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I can't believe I'm saying it, but if you are a fan of the Jets, you know that with Aaron Rodgers and this loaded defense, loaded offense, the weapons that this team has, if they could bring it all together and all these pieces can be – Together, they, they are going to be a very tough team. Baltimore Ravens for me, guys. Lamar Jackson has a loaded offense. Odell Belkin Jr., hopefully he's healthy for them. Zay Flowers in the first round. Boy, they are greatly improved at the position they needed to address the most. So a really good defense. Hopefully a very healthy Lamar Jackson and weapons that he's never had before. I think this team can outscore you. I actually think they can run the ball more effectively than most teams led by J.K. Dobbins, and I think Baltimore's a complete team that will be there at the end. Two quality choices, and there are a lot of them uh, in the AFC. Uh, before we head to break, we wanted to update you on a developing story. You know, Damian Woody is unable to join us because of a power outage at his home. That got me to thinking, there must be some major <laughs> issue in New Jersey with power outages. No, there's not. I mean, look here, it's at 0.02% right now. So I don't know what's going on on D. Wood's block or in his house, but uh, it feels like something he should be able to get taken care of. I don't know. We're, we're going to continue to monitor this situation, obviously, uh, and, and see uh, how serious things get down there in New Jersey with the power. But we have plenty more coming on NFL Live with or without him. Pro Bowl running back Dalvin Cook is still unsigned, but are the Dolphins the best fit for him. Nick's going to throw out another team that you might not be thinking about. Stick around on NFL Live. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Coming up later tonight, we will have the final bouts of the PFL regular season with the welterweights and lightweights at 9 Eastern, right here on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN+. Plus. Coverage of the undercard begins at 5.30 Eastern on ESPN Plus in English, 6 Eastern in Spanish. Former Vikings running back Dalvin Cook is a free agent after Minnesota released him earlier this month. Been a lot of chatter all offseason connecting Cook with the Miami Dolphins, and Cook talked about that possibility yesterday on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Yeah, it's an exciting situation to go into. Um, you got guys that can stretch the field on the outside. I think that defense is pretty solid to me. Um, you know, two of them when he's when he's out on the field, you know they 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 got a winning record. And like you said, they as a running back, you know, you look for a certain scheme, and I know it's, I know the scheme that I'm good in, and that's outside zone. That's what that's what Miami Dolphins run. So it's like, you know, it'll be a perfect fit, and and the roster, like you said, speak for itself. Mike T, that sounds, sounds like a guy that hopes the Dolphins are listening uh, to Sirius XM NFL Radio when he's talking. Uh, should the Dolphins be making a move for Dalvin Cook? I don't think so. I think it's more of a luxury, Graz. You know, when you look at Raheem Mostert, average in his career of 5.7 yards a carry last year playing 16 games, they drafted a really explosive running back in the third round, Devin A. Chain out of Texas A&M. So, look, if Dalvin Cook's out there in another four to six weeks, obviously that's a great opportunity to add a really quality player, and we forget he averages 7.6 yards per reception. So he's not only great running the ball, Dan, but he's good in the passing game. If if I'm Miami and he's available, great. But I think this is more of a luxury for them than a necessity. Yeah, I think that I'm, I'm with Mike on this one. Miami's got a ton of firepower, but I wouldn't count out Sean Payton having a call over there from the Denver Broncos in Dalvin Cook's team to try and convince him that what he brings offensively to the Broncos is exactly what Russell Wilson needs as the quarterback that's trying to rebound from a bad down year last year. You look at Russell Wilson, there's only four quarterbacks that held on to the football longer than Russell Wilson. He was fifth, almost fifth last in the league at holding the ball, holding on to the football 2.98 seconds every time he dropped back. So that causes a lot of sacks. We know Sean Payton likes to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly. You look at Drew Brees, how he ran that offense. It was quick to the flat, quick, hit your back foot, get the ball out. And you look at Sean Payton, the history that he had in the running back position. You had Reggie Bush, you had Sproles, you had Kamara. So you have a guy that can catch the football out of the backfield that helps your offense, it helps your offensive line, and it helps Russell Wilson 
have an outlet to get the ball out of his hands quickly because that's one issue that they had last year. Yeah, and Denver's exciting young running back, Javante Williams, coming back off a major knee injury. So obviously there could be a situation there uh, where there's – but there's a few teams, Mike T, that have kind of holes at that position. I, like, I look at the Cowboys – right, the Cowboys cut Ezekiel Elliott. Like, is that, is that a place where Dalvin Cook makes sense? 100% Graz, you just mentioned Devontae Williams' injury. Tony Pollard had a very significant injury in the last game against the 49ers. And with these running backs, you don't want to rush them back. We saw New York's another one. So when you look at Dallas and you talk about Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer, they want to run the ball more this year. They have come out and said that. And damn, we've talked about that for months now. So you want to enhance your running game, knowing that Tony Pollard is a franchise player coming off of an injury. What better way to do that than with Dalvin Cook? So that makes a ton of sense. And Zeke Elliott, by the way, had 12 touchdowns last year. So they have to replace that production. I think that's a great fit in Dallas as well. Yeah, I agree. And as a defender, I can tell you this. When you are preparing for another team, if they have a one-two combo in the running back position, you're always constantly on alert. Who's in the game? So I can think back to when we were game planning and preparing against the Giants. You know, when they had two completely different running back styles um, in Jacobs and Bradshaw, we had to make sure who's in the game. What, because you understood the second that that style came in, their offensive system completely was changing. So now if you have the Cowboys with Pollard and then you mix in Cook, those are two different styles at running back. They have two different ways that they could run the offense. So that's one thing as a defender um, that you have to always be alert for. So I think it'd be a great fit for the Cowboys. Also, with Pollard having that ankle injury, gives him a little bit of a platoon there back and forth where he's not the, the guy out there way too many reps after having such a, a bad injury last year. Cowboys brought in Ronald Jones. They got some young guys they like, and they're generally bargain shoppers in free agency. But who knows? This running back market keeps bottoming out. It may be that uh, the price gets to a point where they take a shot on someone like Dalvin Cook. We got a lot more to do on NFL Live, including talking about Cook's former team, the Minnesota Vikings, who won the NFC North last season. But Mike T thinks they may fall to number three in the division this year. Can Justin Jefferson keep the Vikings on top? We'll talk about that next on NFL Live. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. 
Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Our next UFC event, Fight Day, from Jacksonville, Florida, with our featherweight main event. Josh Emmett takes on undefeated Ilya Topuria. The prelims begin tomorrow morning at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on ESPN, followed by the main card at 3 Eastern on ABC, and they're both available on ESPN+. Time now for some read and react. Before the Jets traded for Aaron Rodgers, they hired Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. Those two obviously work together in Green Bay. Here's Hackett on how the Jets' offense will look with Rodgers under center. I think there's going to be some freedom with Aaron. Um, and, and Aaron, as we moved forward in the Green Bay system, there was definitely more freedom as we went. And, um, we're going to just continue that because I think you got to take advantage of a guy like Aaron that is um, so smart and understands it. So uh, trying to build this thing for him and build it so that when he sees certain things, he can do um, all kinds of stuff and uh, put us in the best position possible. Mike T, what do you expect this Jets offense to look like with Rodgers under center? Well, more of the same going back to Green Bay, as Coach Hackett said, but the key to me is this. It's not what Howard Rodgers know and his freedom because he knows the system as well as he needs to, but it's those young skill players, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. Those guys are brand new to the system, and like we talked about, Brees Hall coming off of an injury, so they're only going to go as well as those young guys absorbing the system, and I don't see the system getting much more complicated until later in the system and they get their foundation under them. The Las Vegas Raiders brought in a bunch of veterans on defense last year, including edge rusher Chandler Jones. As the Raiders look to rebound from a rough season, Jones talked about his role as the elder statesman on defense. Here's what he said. Where I am now as a player, it's my job to grab guys like Tyree Wilson. These guys are young and they have such a high ceiling. When I was a young player, I had Vince Wilfork, but he wasn't much of a pass rusher. But I wish I had a Max Crosby, a Chandler Jones in my room as a rookie. It's our job as a player to pass that down and the things that we can share. Nick, I, he didn't have a Chandler Jones. He had a Rob Nikovich, right? What, what, what do you think of Chandler Jones' role as mentor for the Raiders? Well, it, it's kind of passing on the torch. You, you realize as a veteran that you have less years in the league um, remaining. So for him at this point right now, passing on the torch, being that veteran leadership, and really trying to help out that younger generation to where when you are done playing, they have gained a ton of knowledge from being around you as a player. So, you know, I think back to Chandler Jones as a rookie. I wish I had his arm length. Maybe I'd still be playing. Uh, but Chandler Jones definitely has the experience. Um, he, he's a heck of a football player. So to pass on that tradition, to give the younger players the knowledge that he has gained in his 10-plus year career, um, that's what you want to do on your way out. From a Vegas veteran to a Minnesota rookie, uh, the Minnesota Vikings added to their wide receiver core by taking wide receiver Jordan Addison in the first round of the draft. Addison feels like he landed in the right spot. It was just real special. You know, I had the family there supporting, and then I just felt like I felt to the perfect organization. Oh, man, it's just been all learning for me, not too much talking, just out there on the field watching what he do and just trying to pick his brain to see why he run, a, run his roster the way he do. 
you know, Jefferson could use a little help from Addison and the rest of the Vikings pass catchers. Last year, he accounted for nearly 38% of Minnesota's receiving yards. That is the highest rate of any player in the whole league. Vikings also lost Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, as we already discussed, and Irv Smith Jr. this offseason as three of their top six receivers from 2022. So, Mike T., how much different do you expect this Vikings offense to look? Oh, I think very significantly. It's going to be those three receivers, K.J. Osborne, Justin Jefferson, and Jordan Asson. Not only do they lose Dalvin Cook and what he can do out of the backfield as a receiver, but all they have is Alex Madison behind him, who was pretty average at 3.8 yards per carry and really not a lot of proven experience behind Madison. So to me, this is going to be a pass offense through Kirk Cousins with three really good receivers. And to me, it's going to look different because in the past, they could be much more balanced with guys like Dalvin Cook running the ball. Yeah, and I think the biggest concern that I have for the Vikings is basically their production offensively um, with the court at the quarterback position. I mean, Kirk Cousins hasn't really ever became the guy that is going to take this team deep into the playoffs or to a Super Bowl appearance. They seem to always be kind of middle of the road. So for me, I do believe that in this division, the Lions are probably going to be the team to win it. Um, they're going to surprise more people this season, similar to what they did last year. They were in very close games last year. Um, so again, I do believe that it could be the Lions division and the Vikings will probably still be middle of the road. What do you think, Mike T? Do you agree? Vikings not going to defend their division title? I think they're the third best team Ooh. behind Green Bay and Detroit. And when you look at the offseason, talked about some of the guys they lost, but they also lost Zadarius Smith, who a talented pass rusher. Kirk Cousins going to the last year of his deal. Question would be, why didn't they maybe extend him? Are they do they think they're rebuilding as well? So I think this is a team in transition. And I thought the Dalvin Cook move, when they let him go late in the offseason, spoke volumes to me of maybe where they thought they were. And this is a team to me that is probably looking forward and saying, hey, where can we be in a year or two? And if we don't think we're gonna be competing with the Dalvin Cooks and the Kirk Cousins of the world. You know, this is the time to start that pivot. So I think they lost a ton of talent. I think Detroit is definitely on the upswing. And I think Green Bay, with all those young defenders, and Jordan Love, who I think is going to surprise a lot of people, hmm. will be a better team by the end of the season than the Vikings. Yeah, I, I think the lines with Dan Campbell, I feel like with Dan Campbell as their head coach last year, you saw the transition and the confidence that this team was starting to build, and everyone can laugh about it, about Dan Campbell and his biting of the kneecaps, and we're gonna be tough and physical, and the veins coming out of his neck every time he talks like a wrestler, but there's a buy-in there. The players have bought in, and I do believe that the physicality of this team, the mental toughness of this team, is replicated by their head coach in Dan Campbell. And I played with Dan Campbell when he was a tight end, back when tight ends were very scary, and he was a scary guy with long hair. He looked like he was a lead singer for Nickelback. Uh, but again, he is a great head coach, and I do believe the Lions um, will be a very tough physical football team this season. Yeah, look, the last time the Lions won the division, I was in college. I now have a son who is in college. So I, I kind of got to see it, but I agree with you guys. They, they look really good. I, I, the way they finished the season last year uh, really deserves to be respected and, and says a lot about them going forward. But either the Vikings or the Packers have won this division in 11 of the last 12 seasons. So Mike T, the Packers, you're not, obviously you're not writing them off yet, right? Not, not at all. And I remember when we traded for Brett Favre 
the Packers were convinced that we have this bright young quarterback, ironically named Aaron Rodgers. And when you look at the way the Packers comported themselves in the offseason, they seem to have the exact same confidence in Jordan Love. I'm a huge proponent in young quarterbacks sitting for a couple of years. He was a very talented quarterback coming out in the draft. And I think by sitting, it only benefited him. And when you look at A.J. Uh, Dillon, Aaron Jones, two young receivers in Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, and that defense is loaded. They're young and they're talented. I think this is a team that's going to surprise a lot of competitors in the uh, NFC North. And I think by the end of the season, they will clearly be the second best team uh, behind Detroit and surpass Minnesota. When you look at that graphic, it would also be a big surprise to our football power index, which has them rated uh, fourth in the division in terms of uh, best chance to win it. So, yeah, I think I a lot to do with Jordan Love and people not knowing what to expect. But, um, but yeah, you're right. The Packers have done this before, and maybe we should not be ruling them out uh, in, order, uh, in terms of doing it again. Still to come on this edition of NFL Live, seven foot five Victor Wembanyama went number one overall in the NBA draft last night. Five foot ten Bryce Young went number one overall in the NFL draft in April. We'll answer the question: Does height matter? When we come back on NFL Live. That's when I get my motion. That's when I get my. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Today on NFL Live, we continue our annual series where Adam Schefter takes on the biggest questions of the NFL offseason, from quarterback contract extensions to old faces in new places. Today, Adam dives into the first-round rookie quarterbacks and each of their situations. Conversations about where Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson would go in the draft now have transitioned into how soon each quarterback will start. And the chances are, based on history, right away. This was kind of the time that we had marked this week to just kind of move him up. It's just the next step. In the previous 15 years, 15 of the 21 quarterbacks drafted in the top five started in week one of their rookie season. Honestly, don't have a limit on how good I can play. Nothing is going to be given to me. Everything's going to be earned. Just how I like it. It's how it's been my whole life. Stroud sprints right, goes downfield to the end zone. Touchdown! And even if they don't start, it won't be long before they're called upon. Grind day in, day out. You know, everything I dreamed of. I want to be great. Richardson, gone off, deuces, touchdown! Only three quarterbacks drafted in the top five in the past 15 years wound up starting fewer than 10 games as a rookie. Jared Goff, who started seven games as a rookie in LA, Tua Tungabailoa, who started nine games as a rookie, and Trey Lance, who started two. Plus, 
there's a need in each city. It's not a hypothetical anymore. Um, knowing where I'm at, it feels great for me. Bryce Young has to beat out Andy Dalton. CJ Stroud has to beat out Davis Mills. And Anthony Richardson has to outplay Gardner Minshew. Maybe all three won't, but the chances are that at least two, and possibly all three, will win the starting job, if not on opening day, shortly thereafter. Three of the top four picks in April's draft were quarterbacks, and those three should see plenty of snaps right from the jump. Not including this year, 30 quarterbacks have gone in round one in the last decade, and 20 of them started double-digit games as a rookie. As for top five overall picks, only Trey Lance, Jared Goff, and Tua Tungavailoa started fewer than 10 games as rookies over the last uh, decade. Time now for some quick reads. Mike Tannenbaum, which one of these rookie quarterbacks has the best skilled players around him? Cross, Anthony Richardson and the Indianapolis Colts, when this group is healthy, you think about Michael Pittman, two really big tight ends, Moa Ali Cox, Jelani Woods, and obviously the great Jonathan Taylor. That is a great foundation for Anthony Richardson to grow with. They're big, they're physical, and they're all productive. Rob Nikovich, which of these rookie quarterbacks do you think will be the hardest to defend? <sighs> Let me think. Uh, as a linebacker, Bryce Young. So you think about Bryce Young. I know there's a lot of talk about size. Okay, size. Yeah, well, guess what? When you're not huge, you're really quick and you're really fast. And your ability to make people miss, to extend plays, is that's what causes defense fits. When the quarterback is able to run around, to extend plays, your coverage breaks down, and then that's when you have the big plays. So, Bryce Young, we will find out if it's a huge issue, but I do believe as a linebacker, a guy that's trying to go and tackle such a quick, open, uh, in, in space, open field runner as Bryce Young, it's gonna be tough on a lot of defenders. I'll tell you one thing his size would keep him from doing. He was the number one pick in the NFL draft, but he couldn't have been the number one pick in the NBA draft because <laughs> that guy, if you look at these two next to each other, that guy's seven foot five. A uh, little bit different body type than uh, the NFL's number one overall pick. And obviously, a lot has been made of Bryce Young's size. It didn't keep him from being the number one pick, but people are still talking about it, including us and including him. He said, you know, I tell everyone that they're entitled to their own opinion. You know, for me, I focus on what I can control. I know who I am. I know what I can do. And I've been the same size relative to the other people around me for pretty much my whole life. So, you know, I don't really know any other way. So, you know, that's really all that I focus on. So... I mean, Mike T, this is, I mean, this is all we heard about this guy going into the draft. He's great, he's great, he's great. Wish he was bigger. It, 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 in your experience in front offices, would this have been a major issue in drafting him? Absolutely. You don't want to draft exceptions, especially at the quarterback position. Look, we could talk about Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, two great quarterbacks who are size deficient. But when you're taking the first pick overall, you want him to look like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Ben Roethlisberger, on and on and on. You want guys that are big and physical that could last over the test of time. And that's not to say that Bryce Young can't, because I do believe he has short area quickness, good footwork, really good flexibility. So he has attributes that will hopefully let him to have a long and productive and durable career. But he is no question, without question, the exception to the rule. Well, let me just tell you about an article a few years ago that was written about the Patriots' defense related to arm length, okay? And this whole article was talk, talking about how the only way to play for Bill Belichick and as an outside linebacker was to have long arms. So I read the article, and number one was Chandler Jones at 35 and a half. 
And the last person on the list was Rob Ninkovich with 31.5-inch arms. So for me, being having a short T-Rex arms and not being very tall, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, if you go out there and you perform at a high level and you get the job done, size doesn't matter. So there you go. I, I am the perfect example of short arms, little T-Rex arms. It doesn't matter. I could still go play defense in the NFL. You know, Nico, whoever wrote that article should have watched all those games against us at the Jets where we couldn't block you and you looked like Lawrence Taylor Jr. So that person didn't watch enough tape. You know, you know who doesn't think Bryce Young is going to have trouble is uh, Brian Burns, the star edge rusher that the Carolina Panthers had. He was asked about his new quarterback, and here's what he had to say. He said, it's hard not to like that kid. He's put quite a stamp on the locker room. He walks around with this kind of, excuse my language, humble, but I know I'm the type of swag. I'm not going to ask my language to be excused. I'm just not going to use it. You know, he's got it, but he's humble with it. <laughs> Rob, when you, uh, when you hear a veteran on the team say something like that, what do you think? Well, at this point right now, I like that, right? Okay, he's the first overall pick. He's going to be your starting quarterback, but we haven't seen him in the regular season yet. So as a veteran, you want the young guy to have a chip on his shoulder to be very confident in his abilities. But Week 10, 11, 12, once the season is underway, you would hope that that, uh, that confidence is shown on the football field and he takes over and becomes the leader and a playmaker like he was in college. So at this point right now, I love it. I love the confidence, but we got to see it come week one on game days. Mike T, you, you drafted a, a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, started him right away in Mark Sanchez and had some success. Like, what, what's the key? How does a, a rookie go in there and take over that leadership role like that? Defense. Everybody else in that locker room has to believe that Bryce Young can take them to where they want to go. He has to be a battlefield commander. He has to be the one that when things go well, it's because of Adam Thielen or Miles Sanders or Brian Burns got this big sack. And when things go wrong, it's because of Bryce Young. And he seems to have all those sort of innate abilities to be a great leader. And I think his arrow is up. I think he has a chance to be an exception to the rule. But in year one, just be a point guard, get the ball out of your hands, don't turn it over, and rely on that defense. So we know we think he's going to start right away. Uh, Stroud in Houston, Richardson in Indianapolis. Mike T., when do you figure those guys start? You know, I would just bring them along slowly. It doesn't matter for those teams if they win three games or six games in year one, Graz. Let's hope they're great players in year three and year five. So bring them along slowly. They both have good backups. Let's see Gardner Minshew play a whole bunch of games with a healthy Colt team. That would be interesting to me. I would not rush e either of those other two quarterbacks. All right, listen, I, I, I don't know what's going on. The lights are kind of going on and off here in the studio. I, I got to believe Damian Woody is behind this because he's dealing with a power outage in New Jersey, but it, it looks like he's about the only one. There, there is not, I want to I make this clear, there is not a power issue at the moment in New Jersey. We have dug in on this, uh, and, and I don't know. We're going to have to find out what happened uh, with D. Wood because um, it's just not working out for him. We did the show without him. We managed to, 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 to you know, power through, as it were, uh, but uh, well, we missed him, and we hope he's okay. Uh, we know we can take as many shots as we want because he's not watching because you need power to watch. Now it's time for one more thing. Uh, special <laughs> guests have been announcing the United States women's national soccer team roster, and they got an NFL superstar. Check this out. What's going on, Ashley? I just wanted to congratulate you on making the U.S. World Cup roster. I know you worked really hard to get there, so go show out and good luck.
Nick, if there was a World Cup of American football, who would you want the captain to be? I think I know this. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go down. I'm gonna go down in the trenches, and huh. I'm going Jason Kelsey. Wow. That's right. I'm going offensive line center. You know, you see him with all the. You know, after the Super Bowl, he had the crazy outfit on. He put the bubble wrap around his head. I can't think of a better leader than Kelsey. I love Kelsey. I thought you were gonna say Brady. I, I like. I thought that was a slam dunk that he would just say Brady. Like, it's, nope. are nope. you guys not getting along anymore? Like, what? Mike T. Who would you pick? He's retired. Yeah. He's he's true. retired. Yeah. Is he? I think he is. Speaking of retired Patriots, I was going to go old school. John Hanna. I thought Damian Woody was going to be on the show. I was was paying homage to an old Patriot offensive line. Got to end the show with John Hanna. Everybody enjoy your weekend. We'll be back next week with more NFL Live. <laughs>